Welcome to Piecemeal, a podcast hosted by the Emily Program and Veritas Collaborative. Piecemeal covers topics related to eating disorders, body image, and how society may influence our thinking. Please use your discretion when listening and speak with a therapist as needed. I'm your host, Jillian Lampert. Today, we bring you another voice of eating disorder recovery. Nicole Stoltis is here to share her story with us. Nicole is a recent graduate of the University of Akron, where she completed her master's degree and is now a licensed therapist in the state of Ohio. She's a longtime figure skater, and she will be competing at her second adult national championships coming up in April. She has a passion for eating disorders and their impact on athletes and hopes to use her platform to spread awareness, support others, and start the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today on Piecemeal. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Excellent. Well, and it's such good timing with the Olympics just wrapping up and the sort of the eyes of the world on, on winter sports and, and figure skating, of course, one of those. So it feels like just a, a terrific time to have this conversation. So tell us a little bit, if you will, take us back in the days when you first started struggling in your relationship with food. What was going on in your life at that time? My eating disorder basically started when I was in eighth grade and this mentality of if I lose weight, you know, the better I'll skate. I will spin faster. I will overall improve my skating performance. And so that was kind of my mentality because it, it makes sense, but that was definitely not the case. And it kind of continued to spiral from there and more restriction skating performance actually declined. Oh, well, if I'm not skating well, then I need to reduce my calories or I need to increase my exercise so I can be stronger. And that mentality, and it kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, I was caught up in this, this cycle of restriction and over-exercise. So we know that, we know that figure skating and, and, and other sports can be risky for people predisposed to an eating disorder in some ways. And at the same time, sports have so much good to offer, lots of benefits for mental health, for physical health, for social connection, and, and for people with a susceptibility to an eating disorder, participation in them can be a risk factor. And that seems to be the case, especially in what we consider those aesthetic sports like skating or, or gymnastics or ballet, where the, the body is such a part of the, the viewing and judging experience. And so you mentioned this idea earlier in, in the idea that changing your body would you know, perhaps be like the key to success in, in skating. And how did that play out? Did your performance improve as a result of, of the eating disorder behaviors or, or not? And, and what other impact did the eating disorder have on your, on your sport and your, and your life? Yeah, so my performance definitely declined. I had a more challenging time getting through uh, my programs. I had a lack of energy, difficulty uh, landing jumps and spinning. So it, it definitely declined. And, and, and again, you know, my mentality was, oh, well, if skating's not going well, then I need to reduce my calories more. I need to exercise more because that's going to make me stronger. But it that definitely backfired on me. Yeah, it sounds like it's sort of tried to convince you to, to solve the problem it was creating, that the eating disorder was creating this problem and it tried to get you to uh, try to solve that problem with itself, which, right, doesn't, doesn't work. So tell us about, about seeking help and entering treatment and, and how did that affect your participation in skating? How were you able to manage that? So 
A doctor actually suggested that I go into treatment and I was definitely scared. You know, I didn't see there being an issue. I thought that what I was doing was right. So I ended up going into the PHP program and I was there for about three months. So, you know, I left skating and that was really difficult because I had to let, you know, my friends know and my coach know, you know, why I wasn't going to be skating for a while. And that was, that was really hard. I was pretty embarrassed about that. And then I, after completing the PHP program, I continued with outpatient therapy through about my sophomore year of college. It strikes me I, as so, so such a painful reflection on still the, the stigma and perception of mental health in our, in our society that if you, you know, if you had had to leave skating because of a, a broken leg or some other physical ailment that I, I imagine, and I could be wrong about this, but I imagine that you might not feel the same kind of embarrassment to tell people you needed to, to go to take care of yourself, that it really is around mental health that, that sometimes people feel like, oh, this is my fault, or I'm so embarrassed this is happening, when they might feel differently if it were a physical, what we would consider a physical ailment. Does that resonate with you? Would, do you think it would have felt a little differently if it would have been not a mental health condition? Absolutely. Um, You know, especially with the stigma, you know, everybody's okay with any body part breaking down except for our brains. And, you know, it's, it's like that quote, I don't know if you've ever heard, but, you know, when you break your arm, everybody comes and they want to sign your cast and they think that it's so cool. And, you know, they're all there to kind of support you and help you. And, but if you tell somebody that, you know, you're struggling with an eating disorder or depression or anxiety, you know, they're running the other way and they don't want to deal with that or be around with somebody who's struggling with that. So the stigma is definitely, you know, still around and, and it, it impacts us definitely, you know, it makes us more, ashamed of what we're going through and, and embarrassed and, you know, really difficult to work towards getting help or seeking help again, because of that stigma. Yeah. Well, and I think that the, perhaps one of the wonderful elements of where we are in our, in our society now is that it's so much more commonplace to talk about it, that we're, we're really pulling back that veil on mental health and really showing for athletes and others, but particularly in the athletic world now, that it's okay to, to get help for mental health, just like it's okay to get help for, for that broken arm. And, and it's, it really doesn't have to uh, be a thing that's so secretive. And, and we, we certainly applaud your part of, you know, adding your voice to that, that conversation because it is so powerful. How, how did you know you were ready to return to skating? How did you do that while protecting your recovery and your, your mental health and your physical health? So it was definitely a process. I had to definitely start back very slowly. I had to work with my treatment team. So definitely getting their suggestions and their input and and really having their support as I entered back into skating. And then, you know, my coach worked with my parents. So, you know, she had to contact them and basically get permission from them for me to have lessons or for me to you know, have my ice time and not have my ice time reduced. So she basically had to, you know, 
be in contact with my parents just to see how I was doing and make sure that, you know, I'm holding up my end of the bargain in terms of my recovery. And so it was a slow process. You know, skating is not like riding a bike. If you're off for quite some time, it's really challenging to get back into the sport. And it takes some time for you to basically get back to where you were. And I I definitely struggled getting back into the sport, you know, because my body composition changed. And, you know, I was I was facing my coaches and my friends who I haven't seen for a couple of months. And it was, it was an adjustment for sure. Returning back to the sport. I imagine how, you know, I I'm thinking about the being in sport now after your, you know, your experience and all that you've gone through, tell us a little bit about how you navigate the competitive and aesthetic parts of the sport now uh, particularly in a, in a sport that has that sort of body focus. How do you navigate that? So I think I focus more on technique now as opposed to my body composition. It really is about the technique of skating. There's different ways to approach jumps and spins, and, and it's really about adjusting your technique, not adjusting your body composition. So I really try to focus on the technique of the sport as opposed to, you know, changing my body to improve within the sport, because we know that that didn't necessarily work out for me too well. And so I really think it's important to focus on that technique and, and changing that technique and adjusting it as opposed to changing and adjusting your body. That makes so much sense. There's so much wisdom in what you're saying that it's really, we, we, we try to adjust our body to fit something when if we can adjust the technique and there are multiple ways to approach something, absolutely. Then we don't have to fit our bodies into a certain way. We can, we can use the bodies we have and adjust our technique. I think that's really so applicable in a, in a lot of ways. How about how about food? How about nourishing your body? How do you navigate that as part of sport now? So I think I have spent a lot of time learning about food and the different nutrients and the micronutrients and what they do for your body. And for me, that's been really helpful learning about the different vitamins and certain foods and how they impact your body and what they can do for your body. So that's been really helpful for me in understanding that, you know, food is my fuel for skating. And if I want to get through my programs and if I want to have clean jumps and be able to, to skate well, then I do need those nutrients and I need that fuel for my body to help me progress and improve within the sport. Absolutely. Let's, let's pivot a bit to talk a little bit about the relationship between athletes and coaches. Coaches have such a, a significant role in the lives of athletes. What unique role can coaches play in supporting athletes as, as people beyond their performance and really helping to support athletes in, in doing just as you say, to adjust their technique versus adjusting their body and to really play to people's strengths. What can you say about the role of coaches? Yeah, so I think it's a real struggle for coaches because, you know, they don't have that education or the license within counseling to provide help for their their athletes. 
And I think that they kind of feel the responsibility to do so. So a lot of times, you know, when it comes to skating or, or any sport, you know, your coach is your first point of contact. Sometimes you actually see your coaches more than you see your family. And a lot of times, you know, athletes will reach out to their coaches for help and for support. And, you know, coaches will basically provide their athletes with, you know, a meal plan or, you know, maybe making comments about their body or their weight or their shape or their size. And when really that's not the role or responsibility of the coach, the coach's job is to basically, again, adjust that technique if something is not working for the athlete and to also really guide their athlete in a direction towards seeking professional help as opposed to trying to offer professional help themselves. Yeah, I think that's a a great point to highlight that the coach has such a strong ability to influence an athlete's life and they, they aren't trained in everything. So they do have this interesting position of being very connected to the athlete and in the position to hopefully connect an athlete to a professional resource that can be helpful while they remain in the the role of the coach and all the work related to that. And sort of along those lines, we know that, that you've decided to apply your personal experience and your passion to your career. So tell us a little bit about how, how do you hope to support athletes or coaches in your career as a therapist? Yeah, so my hope is to be able to work with more athletes and not just figure skaters, you know, any type of athlete and to really be able to support them and guide them and and start the conversation and continue the conversation and to really, you know, again, connect my career with my passion, which is skating, especially with other athletes and other figure skaters and basically, you know, share my story and and hopefully it'll provide hope for others who are going through something similar that maybe I went through as well. Which we know is just so powerful when we hear, hear stories from other people, we can maybe see a little bit of ourselves in that story. And to that end, you know, there, there might be an athlete listening right now that's struggling with an eating disorder, listening to our conversation, and they might be thinking, oh my gosh, I, I just don't know if I can get there. I don't know if, if this eating disorder is going to take my sport from me. How do I get back? How do I find my way back? How do I get help? If, what would you tell somebody listening who's currently struggling? What advice would you give them? What words of wisdom would you share with them? Definitely reach out for help. You know, it's important to get help, especially for eating disorders, but from somebody who specializes in eating disorders, not just a general therapist or general psychologist. So definitely reaching out for help and understanding that you can still enjoy your life and enjoy food and enjoy your sport as well. And it's important, you know, especially if you want to progress in sports, you know, you really do need to make sure that you're taking care of your whole self, you know, your mind, body, your soul. And it's really important to reach out for help because there are people out there that, you know, want to help you and they genuinely want to see you do well and succeed. Wonderful. It's, it's exciting to, that you've put your sort of intersection of your passion and your, and your professional pursuits out there in our, our, adding yourself to the resources available to athletes and others, because it's so important, just like you said, it's so important that people are able to get help and to receive help and and to be understood. We know that so much of 
recovery is really finding somebody, some place, some group of people that understands. And I applaud you for, for joining that pursuit. It's, it's wonderful. And really appreciate your time sharing your story and sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was so excited for this opportunity. Excellent. Well, we're so excited to have you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Piecemeal, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Learn more about us at emilyprogram.com and veritascollaborative.com or search Emily Program and Veritas Collaborative on social media. Piecemeal is produced by Angie Mitchell and Nancy Linden with music by Dan Forkey. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening.